jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all treading water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 41 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Join with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Willie Beeman and Josh Kohlberg, also the hosts of Any Given Pod. How you doing, man? <laughs> Nailed it again, my guy. Nailed it <laughs> again. <laughs> Almost as good as last time. <laughs> we got to give you less to, less to deal with here, man. Seriously, this is, this is a lot every time. <laughs> I have one thing here. Oh, uh, man. All right, whatever. All right, so uh, let's, let's hop into some news real quick. DK Metcalf, he ran the 100-meter dash in like a Olympics qualifier or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was worried about his hamstrings, et cetera. It's kind of like, why would the Seahawks allow this or can they even stop it? You know what I mean? Just you worry about a big guy like that, right? So um, especially if you're on the clock trying to draft him, like maybe wait till after Sunday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> can we move the draft to Monday? Just in case. <laughs> but did you guys watch him run? Yeah, I watched it. Some it was, clips, yeah. He held his own. He held his own. I mean, he came in ninth, but he was keeping up with them. I was very impressed. It, it was it was definitely impressive. It, I mean, he he looked pretty good. You could tell that he didn't have the same like running form as the other guys. Uh, just getting into it, and he's an NFL wide receiver. He's obviously not training for this, but I guarantee you, if he trained for six months or something to a year, he would probably he, he would probably compete a lot more in that um i mean he is a he is a crazy athlete you see him up against those guys he's like three feet taller than all of them <laughs> yeah he ran like a 10.36 i think and he what dude weighs like almost 240 so yeah insane you know what an athlete anyways and he didn't get hurt that i know of so that's really really good but, absolutely i mean that was what i was worried about the most um but yeah he came out of it fine i can't believe they let him do it I can't believe there wasn't really more controversy about it. But yeah. They were promoting it. Like the Seattle Seahawks Instagram account was posting, like, make sure you watch DK. Like I was very surprised. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, he could injure himself practicing tomorrow doing the same, you know, just running a nine route. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Or we, he could have John James himself. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah he could have, he could have, we tend to make a lot out of these, a big deal out of these things though, but you know, he's good. We're good. We're good. DK to the moon. To the moon. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have sold him two years ago. All right, uh, next one. This is great. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. Tim Tebow uh, to Jacksonville. What do you guys think about it? Like, what's your first thoughts? Uh, my first thoughts on Tebow to Jacksonville are bullshit. <laughs> I, okay. it, it doesn't, like, no, it just, it, it really seems almost like Urban Meyer doing his guy a favor, right? It doesn't, it, it, is this really going to help the football team? Forget even about fantasy or dynasty. I mean, from a dynasty perspective, it doesn't really matter to me, I guess. I mean, you know, if you can get him for nothing off the waivers, like, so be it, go ahead and take your shot. Maybe, maybe he does have like that season, but I mean, it's, it's so highly unlikely. I, I care nothing, you know, for dynasty, but 
it really just seems more like a almost like a I don't know like a media play kind of thing you know what I mean I don't even know like what this is really all about it's to sell tickets but I mean they were bringing up a good point supposedly he I mean I know everybody's saying he looked good at workouts but Everybody always looks good at workouts. No, I know. I was going to say, though, I was going to talk about this in AGP. If he could be that short line, one yard, you rush it in. I mean, it's going to obviously take shares away from Etienne, Etienne and J-Rob if he's still there. But uh, they have they're, they have two guys that they don't need him for that at all, I don't think. I mean, they do need a tight end. So, I mean, I guess he can get some run there. That's kind of what I was thinking. You know, I know a lot of people want to talk about the optics and all that. And I was trying to think about it from the football standpoint, like could he legit be the best tight end they have anyway? He could be. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I mean, he could I be mean, the most athletic guy out there at that size and weight. I don't, can he catch the ball like that? We haven't really seen that ever. Have we? So we, I don't know if he can be any other position other than quarterback. So and also can he block? Probably not like at third at his age, like he's like a, he's a gadget player. Could he do Trey Burton in the Super Bowl run? Yeah. Are they that team? Probably not. No, but if, excuse me, if they run two tight ends out there, you have a strictly blocking tight end that can actually block. He might be able to make some sneak passes. I mean, it's not going to be anything big, I don't think, but. No. Can, okay. Can, can I see Tebow having three touchdowns this year if he plays the full season? Yeah. Let me see if but there's a line on the over-under. Do I, does, does that mean I want anything to do with it? No. Do I think it was a good move? No. No. Should they try to find better talent for the position? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It just, it seems like a really like weird move for a team that is like young, trying to turn it around and, and, you know, make something of themselves. Like, I guess if you're, if, if you want to go the route of saying Tebow is a good locker room guy, all that stuff. I mean, there, maybe there is some of that and he, and he brings some leadership to the team, but. All right. So I, just really quick, sorry for cutting you off, Billy. Um, bastard. <laughs> His the uh, prop bet lines right now for under a half of the touchdown is winning at negative seven seventy over one and a half or over a half of the touchdown is at plus five hundred. So, I take that bet. That's a good yeah. bet. Yeah, that's actually a really good bet. I think he I, like if he plays the season, I think he definitely has a touchdown. Like it's hard for me to if he makes a team. Yeah, if he plays this, if he plays this season, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, wait, there was one more I wanted to talk about. Carry uh, on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Yes. He signed with the Eagles. So my, <laughs> so, huh? He got claimed by the Eagles. By claim, got claimed yeah. by the Eagles. Yes. So uh, Miles <clears throat> Sanders is done. Uh, he is. He has died. His share. Yeah. Your shares yeah. are decreasing in value by the day. Listen, a team that is Jordan Howard there again? Yeah, I was literally just about to say it's the Jordan Howard show. I mean, no, probably. No, but probably, I think they love that guy. I swear, I think Jordan Howard's on the roster still. He is. No, he resigned on one year deal. Yeah, he resigned on one year deal. So a team that re rosters Jordan Howard and then signs on Johnson, who has Miles Sanders, if you're trying to still cape for Miles Sanders, you know, you're losing ground. You're losing things to grasp onto. You know what and I mean? They drafted Kenny Gainwell. Oh, that too. Yeah. And so they've brought in three running backs this off season and everybody's trying to tell me that they have a workhorse in Miles Sanders. I mean, the kid, I'm sure he's a great kid and he's a great athlete. There's no doubt about it. We've seen him play. I mean, he, he, he has these burst plays, but he's just not the guy like, don't, you can't draft him as a top 36 pick, like, like he was going or whatever. I mean, he's probably going higher than that even. Oh yeah. Most likely. It's absolute, absolutely absurd. Like it was, I just never saw it. He doesn't even look like that, like the back. And I think I said this in one of our recent pods too. Like, I think uh, by the numbers, he's like 
five nine two something or something like he but he should look the part but when he moves when he runs he doesn't look like he carries that weight no. i don't think he plays above 200 pounds like it doesn't seem like that's what's going on there not to mention they have a uh, their quarterback for this year is going to be a uh, rushing quarterback so you you bundle all that together like it's not good yeah get what you can for him and get out probably he's not helping you win any championships now that's for damn sure. <laughs> i definitely don't believe so and if you can get I don't know if you can get good value for him still. If you have some Eagles fans that are like, fuck you. Like he's, you know, still Miles Sanders to the moon, which a lot of people are I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, go sell him for sure. In, in my I, mean, I can see him, honestly, I can see him being traded in the preseason. I don't think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still on his rookie deal. He's got, I think he still has like two years left on it. Maybe. Um, I, th- I think he's just going to sit there and be in the, in that committee. Like they want to, like they want to uh, play it. If Zach Ertz gets traded, could you see a packet? I'm just, throwing this out there because you see a deal for with both of them for some probably way? not but Zachary's being moved would help him a little bit i guess because it's less <laughs> targets to a tight end you know short area targets and he's the pass catching back probably out of these guys um but but again this is just a terrible situation i don't think i, I don't want any part of that backfield i don't want Gainwell. i don't want i don't want carry on I don't know. Everybody seems to be either wanting Miles Sanders or think carry on is about to be revived. And I'm not on board with either one of those things. <laughs> Dude, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I don't want no part of it. Yeah. Don't, don't waste your money or your uh, assets. I mean, just think you. when was the last time the Eagles had a fantasy relevant? I mean, Sanders Westbrook. was fine, but Westbrook back in the yeah. day, was Westbrook. it Brian Westbrook? Yeah. And he was, well, was he undrafted? Anyway, a uh, McCoy. Right, so it's been oh, a while. LeSean McCoy, LeSean McCoy. It's, been, it's been a grip, so. Yeah, it has. It's been a long time. All right, so uh, we can move on a little bit here. Quick question. This is something we had a little debate about. So you're on the clock right now, right? You're on the clock in a draft. The DFF boys and girls all had a debate today. It was pretty heated, and it was, if you're on the clock, who are you taking? Diami or Chuba? Third round. Let's say you're in the third round, middle of the third round. Who are you taking? Chuba. Chuba. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You, you're smart. You're smart people. I see. This is why you're my co-host. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Give me, give me the running back, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I have shares of him. I mean, I think honestly think he's going to be the backup to CMC. We all know as high as I am in CMC, he is injury prone. I think he's in a good spot. I think he's going to get more work than people think he's going to get. Cause I know they want to keep, they're heavily invested in CMC and they want to keep him healthy, which is the best thing for that team. The best thing for that team is to, let a guy like Chuba come in and, you know, take a little bit of the workload. So, and again, he's one injury away from league winner. So yeah. Is a uh, Diami one injury away from league winner? I don't fucking think so. Uh, oh man, no. you're speaking my language. <laughs> no. So, I mean, one of the points that I made, I made it like, I, I'm going to kind of go through all of this, but uh, I think one of the last things I said was what situation turns Diami or increases Diami's value, Diami's value, like, CMC going down increases Chuba Hubbard's value. There is absolutely not a single thing that can happen over in Washington. Even if McLaurin went down, that doesn't increase his value the way it would if CMC went down for Chuba. And this is like galaxy brain, but if McLaurin goes down, that's going to hurt a guy like Diami. That's that's what I think. Look, I you know what and, I mean. It's not I mean, it's not the same. It's just not the same. And then I'm going to take it a step further on my on a personal level because I've done a lot of the work this off season. Fuck you. I've done a lot of work this off season and, you know, I don't, I was very low on, on Diami compared to consensus for sure. 
I really just don't think he can ever be the guy. I think he can be a wide receiver too in this league at best, but I think that's his ceiling. His, his, I mean, his floor, probably wide receiver three, four guy who's, you know, maybe getting your flex time to time. Chuba is a guy who would have been going in the first round last year of your rookie mm-hmm. drafts. Like I'm very confused. Even the, both these. Okay. So, uh, What's his, who, who are we talking about here? The, the receiver, um, Diami went in the third round. Chuba went in the fourth. Like if we're talking about hit rates right now, like it's kind of a wash in my opinion. I, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care if Diami hits as a wide receiver too. I care if Chuba is what we thought he was last year. Right. And he does pan out. He shows out this year. And, and what happens if something unforeseen happens with CMC, not just injury, or it is injury and they end up moving on from him because Chuba shows out. There's a lot of things that can happen that I think show Chuba has a lot more upside in his, in his situation, you know, where he was drafted than Diami does. So I, Chuba going in the third round is kind of crazy to me that we're letting, you know, one of the few running backs with this upside go that late yeah. with, with how crappy this, this draft went for wide receivers what kind of changed my thinking to this kind of thing was the conversation we had with Katie on our show, which was, you know, she looks at the running backs in the later rounds to take her shots on because how many guys can we get like Diami Brown? I can go trade for a million wide receiver twos. And if he turns out to be Tyler Boyd, okay, great. But like, you can go get that guy too, right? Mm-hmm. Like but he'll probably be a Tim Patrick or Greg Ward or something. Okay. So look how, look how quickly Mike Davis's value shot up last year and into this year if something like that happens for chuba you could sell him for a high second maybe a first to somebody who really believes yo cmc's oh, yeah. done or it's you know it's a change of the guard like whatever i mean there i don't know i don't see that upside with diami so um yeah sorry i went on my soapbox and that's why i brought this up but thank you for confirming yeah, uh, no, my beliefs i think you're absolutely right like you know i didn't want to take a whole lot of shots on like late round running backs this year yeah. but a guy like chuba you have to and i like the landing spot like Obviously, we wanted to go somewhere where, like, it was his backfield. Where, though? Atlanta? That's yeah, the yeah. only spot. That's the yeah. only spot I could think that's a better place. And kind of, right? Like, I don't know. Like, Maybe, and it's not even really a better yeah, place. Is, because... is Atlanta really a good spot for a running back? We don't know that. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Chuba, all day for me. So. so, really quick, before we move on, I thought it was interesting. Uh, what's his name? Um at Dynasty Diagnostics on Twitter. Actually, shout out to him. He, he got promoted recently to our director of operations. Um, so yeah, definitely really cool. He um, took the total other side of this and, and I completely disagree with him, but I thought it was funny because I went right to our rankings to see because there's three of us rank. He's one of our rankers. I'm one of the rankers for uh, the rookies and um, Doc FFN on Twitter. He is the other ranker. And um, I have... Chuba at 20 and they have Diami at 20, both of them. So it's just really interesting. Like that's just how uh, I think 30, I think 10 spots down. So they're, they're a lot lower on him than I am. And I, I mean, that's just how it works out, but it's consensus. So it kind of like, I think Diami is actually above in our consensus rankings, like by five spots or so. Um, So that's how it works out, but you know, I'm lower on him and, and it'll remain that way. That's just what it is. I do think he sees a lot of targets this year. We'll say that, but just considering that. No, uh, Diami. 
you know, I think he sees plenty of targets. But stuff, I mean, but I mean, who's who's going to be the quarterback though? next year? Yeah. yeah, and and like his situation isn't that fucking good. Like, there's Logan <laughs> Thomas. There's uh all the running backs that are going to get targets there. You know what I mean? Terry McLaurin, Steve Sims isn't gone. Like, I don't know. There's there's I don't know. Anyway, move on. There's more fun stuff to talk about. I love that. Stay tuned. So I uh, thought we put together an ADP. Uh, basically, we'll look at how ADP has moved for a lot of these rookies. To be fair, I don't have literally everybody in here. I kind of just took like the it's top. It's a good list. It's a good list. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the, the most of the names. I took like the top 36 from ADP, DLF ADP in March. And I took the ADP from DLF in May. Did some math and want to see, because this would be po- or pre- uh, some pro days, pre, you know, quote unquote, combine pre-draft versus after all that's already happened, right? So how things changed, you know, based on measurements and based on landing spots. So I thought it would be fun. No, I, I love this. I, I mean, seriously, big shout out to you, um, your eye for putting this together because not only does it look great um, and you post it on Twitter, which is awesome. It's it's also really cool information just seeing how the ADPs changed in a month, you know, pre-draft to post NFL draft. Um, and, you know, seeing who really just fell completely out, seeing how great some, you know, how much some of these guys changed in ADP. Some of them are like 10 spots. Some of them are, you know, five spots, but it's just some of them completely fell off the face of the planet. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really cool um, picture. And it also is just like good, especially for the new dynasty, like the newcomers of dynasty who, I mean, this, this gives you a chance to see how quickly things change, right? Yeah how quickly values can change based on, you know, just a landing spot, you know, very little things. So it's just, you know, pre-draft and post-draft with your picks, you know, when you're trading them, what you're trading them for, you kind of got to think about this going forward, you know, how these values can change based on landing spot. All right, let's run through it. We'll go to uh, the number one riser. So the number one riser from May, from March till May was Amari Rogers. That's wild. That is pretty crazy. Back in March was around 30 four so you know late well early second or early fourth and now his adp is 22.7 so he's there he's he's already in the second round that's absolutely insane to me uh i i mean i get it a bit aaron Rodgers finally got a receiver in the first two rounds <laughs> so i i get rogers hope he's happy yeah, Rogers got Rogers. Like I, you know, I I'm sure he's excited to have a guy come in, and they gave Amari Rogers the draft capital. So I understand why he he's rising up, but he's just like not he's not a big time guy. He's really more of a possession receiver, and he's not really that dynamic in my opinion. So um, I, I don't know how much of a fantasy producer he's going to be. So I'm I'm not paying that price. What I'm wondering is like a peak Randall Cobb. Is that his upside? Yeah, that's his upside. But upside, I don't right? I don't even see that dynamic playability. I mean, Randall Cobb in college was like running all I'm pretty sure he was playing quarterback and he was like the dual threat guy running all over the place, playing some wide receiver. Like he was a, he was absolute like phenom from an athletic standpoint. That's not what Rodgers is. I mean, when I, you know, my notes on Rodgers are are really not great. I mean, it was it was lack of, you know, lack of really sharp route running. It was lack of agility, lack of speed, lack of burst, lack of fucking everything. Um, he would, but he had good hands. He has good hands. He's a possession guy. You know, he catches the ball. He's, he doesn't mind going over the middle, all those kind of things. Like he's not a bad receiver. He's just not anything I think is going to, you know, stand out or, or pop really. 
I agree. I don't I don't know if he's better than Valdez Cantlin or Lazard. Like I don't know. He's kind of the same guy, isn't he? I think he could have a lot of trouble against NFL cornerbacks. Yeah. All right. The next one is not a surprise at all. Trey Sermon. Uh, Trey Sermon back in March was going at uh, 25, ADP at 25. Oh, 30. Yeah, 25, ADP at 25. So back into the second, which is pretty much true when I was doing my mocks. That's pretty much kind of where he was. And now he is firmly at 15.5. I've seen him go in the first. I don't know if I'm paying a first for Sermon, but you know, 49ers are are definitely appear to be a good landing spot. You know, they're they're a team who wants to run the ball. It's just they do it with as many guys as they possibly can. I'm not I don't I definitely wouldn't be willing to pay a first for him personally, but definitely early second. I mean, I think that's where he should be. You know, 15 going ADP of 15, that's about 2.0, you know, 2.01 in that area. Yeah, I think probably what's also pushing him up is, well, he went to San Francisco, so everybody's like, hey, you know, Shanahan running back. But the wide receivers kind of went to places that none of us really wanted him to go to. So when you're sitting there at 112, 201, you're kind of like, I'll take the running back. So I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I, and and he could hit. I mean, he could be the best back there. Look, we we. I mean, he was a guy who I like pre-draft a lot, so I I don't hate that. And again, where where he's going is ADP. I think is right on point. So, all right, next one, Michael Carter. He was uh, sitting about twenty uh, three ADP back in March, and now he's at seventeen point one. So that's, you know, the two hundred four, two hundred five. The hype and around him has been building. I mean, honestly, he's probably going to start going a lot sooner than that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and this this makes sense. Sermon jumped him, and he should. I think he should have been ahead of him anyway. I mean, looking at this right now, Sermon moved ten spots, Carter moved six, and is just behind him now. So Carter was ahead of him, and he jumped, and Sermon jumped him based on the landing spot. Is what happened there, really. Uh, which is interesting because I think a lot of people are happy about Michael Carter's landing spot, given that he's going to have a lot of opportunity this year. You know, I don't think he should be going that high. If he's going to be going higher than that, there's no chance I'll have any of him. I guess I'm just really low on this running back class at this point. I don't think that they have a lot of opportunity to become workhorses, even though there's going to be volume there for him. I'm just not sure he's that guy. I think he's a lot more of a change of pace back kind of, um, Philip Lindsay style deal. And you know how I feel about uh Lamichael P. Ryan. You know, he's not going anywhere. So I, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna get too excited about a Jets running back, personally. Yep. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, another Jet is next on the list is Elijah Moore. Uh he had a ADP of about 21 back in March, and now is at 15.3. I personally think that's too high. I mean yeah seems like we're really low on all these guys yeah <laughs> i'm still like depressed about the draft like none, none of my guys went where i where i really wanted them to go you know like yeah but um i love elijah moore prospect uh really dynamic he hits all the analytical traits that i look for but we don't we don't know you know he's he's uh he's a jet i know that gase isn't there anymore but we don't know what that's going to look like right that wide receiver room is crowded too. I mean, they signed so many people this offseason. You have Corey Davis in there now. You have um, 
Uh, Mims. 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 Yeah, Denzel Mims. Yeah. Jamison Crowder. If Crowder, if if they don't move on from Crowder, I don't see a path for a lot of targets for more. Me either. I mean, but that's this year. So there could be opportunity to get more for some value in season uh, when, you know, if that happens, I would definitely be willing to pay for him because he's in a good situation with a young quarterback. I don't mind that. I Where'd more get drafted the second or the third round, second round. Uh, yeah. Second so. round. It was the second round. I mean, it's good draft capital. Like you can't hate that. I don't you know with how bad all the landing spots were and how everything's been pushed down. I think this is kind of appropriate for him. Where, where he's going here. What else are you going to really find in this spot? Like we're saying it's Trey Sermon really, or more based on this ADP, right? So it's like, I guess it's really team dependent. I guess, you know, kind of what we said just about Chuba, we're probably going Sermon on this because we want the running backs given the situation. But if you really need a, you know, if you're set at running back, then I guess more here is perfectly fine option. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of rookie drafts where you will be sitting there having to pick between sermon and more and i guess it'll go based on what you need for your team yeah. but yeah yeah all right the next one new england patriots uh legarrett blunt 2.0 ramon <laughs> stevenson i know it was a guy you kind of liked uh from his film yeah he moved up from he's at 28 in may and was at like 33 in uh march so a little bit of move about five spots um probably just because they didn't pick up the fifth year option on Sonny Michelle. Um, New England Patriots running backs have been, you know, good for fantasy in the past. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about it being keyed into the team? Yeah, this is, you know, this being drafted in the fourth round for the Patriots definitely means he's going to be sticking around for a bit. I don't, you know, I definitely think he's going to be there for a year or two. He also seems like a kind of guy who is, he seems like a like a um, New England Patriots kind of player, just hard nosed, ready to work. So I mean, all that's kind of working for him. I loved him on film, and he's definitely for what we want to do. He's he's exactly what we're looking for. I think in in place of Michelle, they can use him like you're saying more in the Legarrette Blunt role. But I think he's a little bit more agile than Blunt, so it gives them it gives them a little more more versatility. He's a great run blocker, so that helps him get on the field immediately. You know, I, I think there's some opportunity here for him. Anybody who's getting you know head over heels for him is, is kidding themselves for sure. Even though I liked him a lot, this, this is just not a landing spot that's going to ever make him a running back one. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that he could land into that Laguerre blunt role and then, you know, roll into 15 touchdowns, but he doesn't have Brady back there. So it's hard for me to see that. He has a Mac attack though. I mean, oh, God, dude, we'll talk about Mac Jones in a little bit, bro. Well. So at a, what, four, early fourth, are you going to, Take a flyer on Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, I'd take a flyer on him before the fourth. Yeah. I mean, he's going twenty seventh overall. What's that? That's third round. Third round, yeah. My no, I, have two, I have two shares of him that I got in the fourth round. So I mean, that's the end of the that's the end of the third round, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But I, I mean, I would pick him. I'd pick him in the in the beginning of the third round personally. Again, like this is what else are you getting that's going to be useful on your team in the future? Is, I mean. May, I'd probably take Tylen Wallace and I don't even like Baltimore landing spot. Maybe I'd take Tylen Wallace over him, but even, you know, I, I might not, I'd probably take Ramondre Stevenson over him because the draft capital sucked for Tylen Wallace. He's probably not going to ever get enough targets there. And if Ramondre Stevenson turns into Laguerre Blunt, like the years he had with the Patriots, then that's a hit. Like, you know, it's a really good hit. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one on the list. I'm surprised. The Chubb argument all over again. It's the Chubb <laughs> argument again. 
It's a good one. It's a good one. It makes sense. Uh, the next one is Kyle Pitts. So he was in that like, you know, eight or nine, the 108, 109 back in March. And now he's firmly top five pick in Superflex. Crazy. Uh, I mean, in Superflex rookie <laughs> drafts, I'm, I'm surprised I mean, he was that low. In Superflex rookie, rookie drafts, top five pick, I'm, I'm on board with it for sure. If you can get him around five, like it's probably going to make sense, you know, around that fifth spot. So that ADP, I think, is on point. I'm, I'd be surprised if that doesn't change over the next three weeks or if it hasn't changed already because I think he's being, being drafted even higher than that now, and it's getting a little crazy. Being drafted over Jamar Chase, being drafted over Justin Fields. Over Najee. You could, in, in six months to a year, you could probably trade him. I mean, you probably trade, you know, Justin Fields for him plus another quarterback or plus something else. I don't know. You could, you could trade for him at some point, like yeah, yeah. for a lot less. Like that, there's just, you know, it's so much capital. Um, and I don't know if you're ever going to get, even if he hits, I was thinking about this, even if he hits, doesn't mean you're getting Kittle. <laughs> yeah. Nope. If he hits, you could, you could get whatever you can get Mike Kosicki. You can get the number seven guy all the time. And, and Mike Kosicki yeah. may be better than I'm just saying you can go get fuck yourself. You can, <laughs> <laughs> that was not a shot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Whatever. I, I mean, pick your pick your poison of, yeah. of mediocre tight end uh, or that's good still. Mike Isicki's good still. I'm not saying he's not going to be like Kyle. I'm saying Kyle Pitts can still be good and not be Kittle and you just drafted him, you know, like right. he is that already. Yep. It's so, no, it's all about the potential. I mean, there's no real evidence. So. Right. Yeah. yeah I did a quick I mean, like breakdown on Twitter one night when I was uh, drinking a little bit, but for the average tight end, to hit a top 12 season, they need like 98 targets. Oh, I did the, I did the research on this dude. Like I, I put it out there when I was doing my, um, when I did the whole thing on Tyler Higby, you need, yeah, there you go. That's I like, did the whole thing. Every single top five tight end ever has had at least a hundred targets. Yeah. So you need at least 90 targets to even qualify getting there. In my opinion, Robert Tunyon did it, but he had like 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? okay. okay. But that's absolutely unsustainable. And you know that obviously going into oh, yeah. that statement, it's just, you know, there's obviously always going to be a guy who like, you know, uh, what's it called? An exception to the rule, right? There's always going to be that exception to the rule, but to think that it, you know, that it can happen often without, without that target share, it's just, it's really not possible. It's not. Then I looked at, uh, I think every first round, well, I looked at second round. It was every first round tied, uh, rookie tight end, their average targets was like 60. So it's a huge uphill battle. This ADP to me is insane. I just don't agree with it. I will have zero shares of pits this year. Yep, same. I have a couple. He went, one, <laughs> he went 102 in a draft I'm in to a guy who didn't have any quarterback. That's how, that's how crazy the hype is. People just want him, man. That's oh, he didn't have a quarterback? Did, I, if I told wow. you, I, I don't even know if he has like a starting quarterback on his team for next year. Like that's how bad his quarterbacks are. I couldn't believe, like, I thought he was going to go one Oh three because the guy one Oh three didn't have any tight ends and this guy didn't have a quarterback. So I'm like, obviously. And I just like shocking. All right. The next one is uh Trey Lance. He was going about uh, six. Yeah. About six back in March. And now he's the second or third running back off the board. That's the San Francisco bump, right? Oh, for sure, 100%. Yeah, and I, and I think it's accurate, too. I, I mean, 
we even we even felt the bump. Uh, and and I mean that me and Uriah specifically were in a Debbie league. We had the 101. Zach Wilson all offseason was the talk between Uriah and I. We didn't even realize Lance was sitting out there. Then two weeks, you know, before the draft, we see that he's sitting there and we're like, dude, like, you know, it doesn't even matter who you pick at this point, right? right? So we were trying to trade down, didn't work out, whatever. We decided to go with the upside in San Francisco. It just makes sense. Like he he goes to a situation where Kyle Shanahan is going to really try to get the most out of him. And and he's the kind of guy who can do that. So, I mean, you're hoping that it works out. Everything you see out of Lance, I mean, it's it's impressive the way he talks, the way, you know, his play on the field, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. I think I think the San Francisco bump is real, and it, and it should happen. Yeah, no, I think you guys are great with that pickup. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, even if he does it for a year, which I think is probably best for him, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. Perfectly fine with it. I'm a little worried about his inexperience, but – I mean, Zach they, Wilson isn't that experienced. He had one good year. Yeah, but he's played a lot of games. But uh, yeah, that's true. But they they spent so much early on, not like the day before the draft or a, a two couple of days before the draft. Like they spent like a month ahead of time, giving away future picks to get him on purpose. So they have a plan. Like you know, that says something, right? I agree. So. All right. Uh, the next one that had really any kind of shift at all was Kadarius Tony. I thought this. I thought he'd have more of a shift, but I guess because everybody knew he was going in the first before, it didn't yeah, really do anything. Yeah, I mean, I think we all had a pretty good idea that for some reason NFL personnel, like they wanted Tony in the first. Yeah. Even though us as a community were like, we don't see it. Me especially because I'm more of a numbers guy. Like, there's I can't find anything that makes me like the guy. I watch other than watching him. <laughs> he looks good. He looks so electric. And I'm like, gosh, he looks so good. I mean, not like a actual true receiver, but like he's a baller, right? Like he's exciting to watch. But outside of that, there's nothing. There's nothing. And then he went to the Giants. And that's Daniel Jones slash Drew Locke, whoever the hell. Same guy, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> I know, I know their offensive coordinator very, very well. Jason Garrett. I've seen him not be able to ever do anything with these kinds of players. We had Lucky Whitehead, Tavon Austin, to name some others. Ugh. Look, Tony's going to get like two jet sweeps a game and probably 30 targets on the year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is like a Ted Ginn pick almost, but just a little bit later in the first, like he's going to be a good punt kick returner yeah. in his career maybe, but like, you know, never really paying. I, I, I honestly, I'm surprised his ADP went up. I Going to the Giants really should have knocked him, in my opinion. It's not a great spot. They already have enough receivers there. Plenty that Daniel Jones already likes. What is he going to be? The third option this year at best? At best. Holiday, Saquon, Evan Ingram. They love Sterling Shepard there. Slayton's still around. Yeah. And what I mean, just Tony even, fit? Yeah. I mean, just in the wide receiver pecking order, it's definitely Galladay, Slayton, and then maybe him, but probably, I mean, sorry, Galladay, uh, uh, Shepard, then maybe him, probably Slayton first this year at least. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're not looking for, you know, him to, him to hit his ceiling on the first year. Nobody's asking for that, but I just think it's, it, you know, I don't really know if the upside is there on that team. I, I agree. All right. The next ones I'll run through the ones that have basically either changed a spot plus, you know, two, two spots or down two spots. I'll just so wait, off. sorry, wait, before you, before you go into that, he's going, in the second round almost, Tony, with first round draft capital. Where does he have to fall for you to take him? Oh, fuck. 
205? Yeah. Like at some point you have to take them. So wait. I'd say 208 to 210. So wait, Kadarius Tony or Chuba Hubbard? Hubbard. Chuba. Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Hubbard believers over here, man. I don't know, Whew. man. We're evolving, man. We're That's evolving. That's some heat right there. All right, let's let's go. I don't know if that <laughs> I feel like at some point the first round draft capital has to win out, but I, I don't know. How many that. first round wide receivers do we see bust? Yeah, that's yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's just no, Who's you most know likely what? to bust? I think, I mean, I'm, I'm saying, I, in my head, I'm saying the same thing as you. It's just very hard to believe, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. So what, what were you saying? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Right? No, it's all good. So I'll just go down the list until we start to get two guys that started to lose. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. So after Tony, in the positive, you have Diami Brown, uh, went up two and a half spots. Jalen Waddle, one and a half, 1.8. Mac Jones, 0.9. Terrace Marshall, 0.2. Justin Fields stayed the same, basically. Pat Fryermuth stayed the same. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence stayed basically the same. This one's really good. Javonta Williams, back in March, was getting uh, basically a, the 10th tenth tenth, player taken yeah. off the board, and he's still basically a 10th taken off the board. Community had him had him pegged right where he was going to be, man. Sure they knew did. that he was going to go to a good spot, and that it was going to be advantageous for him. I think everybody knew he, not that he was going to end up in Denver, but like that he was going to end up maybe Atlanta or this or that or whatever. So I think they thought that that's, you know, this is, this is going to be the vibe no matter what. Yeah. I almost find it more interesting the names of the guys that didn't move than the ones that did move. Cause it's really, it's ones that we did as a community kind of, yeah, like you said, pegged early on and, and we're actually right about. So. Like, yeah, definitely. Who, who, Pat Frymuth, that's another one. Pegged right on point. Knew he was going to get a spot like that. Uh, Terrace Marshall's interesting. You know, right at the back end of the first round, taking him there. Mac Jones at 10, you know, whatever, 12. Taking him right at the end of the first. Uh, yeah, those are those are interesting ones that, that we pegged those because you didn't really know. I mean, Mac Jones know. Was, was saying they were going to go at three overall. He would have mm-hmm. shot up the charts yeah. if he did. But the fact that the whole time we kept him there knowing that he, he ain't going at fucking three overall. That's what everybody <laughs> was saying there. He ain't fucking going at three. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we did pretty good there. Javonta Williams, again. Uh, Jamar Chase, half a, uh, half a spot. Devonta Smith, basically one spot. Instead of getting drafted uh, at 10, he, uh, he was he's getting drafted at, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was at 11 yeah. and a half, now he's going 10 and a half. So that's a, little surpri- that's a little surprise to me, to be honest with you. I thought he would go up based on the landing spot and the connection with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but are we excited about Jalen Hurts as a passer? Not just that, the Eagles are terrible at developing receivers. So I think that's probably what's on most people. I was under the old, remember they have a new coaching staff, though. So yeah, I'm, true. whether true or not, I mean, that's something that we do a lot of the time. We, we say, oh, Pittsburgh is great for running backs when it's years later after they, they were great for running backs. So that could just be one of those things that we need to let go of with them. But uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's a great landing spot either way with, with the quarterback and everything. All right, Zach Wilson. Uh, Basically, a full round. He was going like fifth overall. Now he's six. Um, maybe it's a just full he went spot, to the, not round. Because yeah. he went to the Jets, probably. I mean, we, we all kind of thought he was going there anyway, so I'm kind of surprised it moved. But yeah, it's still not much, though. But I feel like that came out a little bit later than March. So I feel like if you checked April to May, it might be a little different. You're probably right. I'm kind of surprised Tutu Atwell is this next one that he didn't move more. 
But yeah. so is this so he went he's going like 32 and a half, 33. That's right. So he went down in ADP, which is weird to me. He got I think he got better draft capital than any of us could have expected. And then he's yeah. going down in ADP, which is interesting. I think you and I just got him in this Debbie draft 4.01, which is pretty late. But I think you're gonna get him in the third for a second round. I mean, at that point, that's the receiver. Look, I'm probably gonna take running backs, and this is gonna be the guy who I take. Yep. Not that I not that I think he's going to be successful. I think he's super light. I don't know what the hell is going on here, but he got second round draft capital and he's going in the third or fourth round. That's that's a good bet for me. That's better bet than taking Tylen Wallace, who went in the fourth and in the second at the end of the second or in, in, the, in the early third or something like that. I don't know. I don't like that. And Sean McVay offense. So, I mean, there's something like to get excited about there, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And honestly, what it said to me was Van Jefferson is kind of going to move away and this guy is going to take over whatever role they wanted Van Jefferson to play. Um, I yeah, but I just, I think that's the I case, mean, honestly. realistically, you're probably right. But for fantasy purposes, I hope not. If, if Tutu Atwell can even show out, that's if he can do it. Like, he may not be able to do it, but, you know, what you see from him is what they want, obviously. It, it, why Uriah is so high on Tutu is why they, they're they high on him. I mean, it's all, the, all the numbers are there, and he also looks pretty cool. I mean, pretty cool. He looks really good on the field when he's playing. He's a baller. He's just tiny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, uh you know, I remember the Rams a couple of years ago, three years ago, they gave away, they traded a first for Brandon Cooks. And McVeigh was really, really excited about him. Like, hey, look at that guy. He's so fast. Like, maybe this is their new Brandon Cooks. You know what I mean? Brandon Cooks is only like 5'8". Yeah. So, and honestly, I don't, I don't know. If, if I draft him in the third or fourth round and I get a flex guy out of him, a boomer bust flex guy, I mean, I think that's a win. That's a hit. Yeah, yeah personally. Yeah. So. All right, uh, next one, Travis Etienne. Uh, he's going about the eight and a half uh, before he was going. So he, he dropped about a spot and a half. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. I don't think – I'm not – I you know, his landing spot is not going to knock him for me personally. I think you draft a guy in the first round, you're going to use him. Does it need to be the first year for me? Not really. Uh, honestly – Sharing time in his first year, you know, kind of quote unquote learning the ropes for lack of a better term right now, um, you know, kind of being able to work his way into it might be better off than just, you know, getting in there and taking on 300 touches, 300 plus touches and, and just working them into the ground immediately. I, I'm really not scared away from this. I don't think J-Rob's there for the long term any, anymore now that they've spent the capital on a running back like this. So, you know, let him fall, I guess, to me. I'm fine with it. What about you, Josh? You think he should have gone up or? Down um, more? I mean, I'm surprised he didn't go up a little more, but I have one share of him. I'm rolling the dice, see what happens, but I'm really not expecting anything major for until his second or third year. You think his ADP should have been lower than this or higher? At eight four. Oh, lower. Sorry. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah. No, a little lower. I mean, not much, but maybe eleven to twelve. Okay. okay. Would you uh, would you draft Javante ahead of him? No, because I think he's going to have every get every opportunity to produce. I just don't know if their line and the offense is going to be ready for him to produce right now. Yeah, it's fair. We don't know what to expect. Like, yeah, and there's such a, Myers it's is. such a question mark for me. I mean, it it would be worth the gamble, but again, it would really also depend on my roster construction. Like if I have other running backs, I could start. If he tanks, 
I would probably be more likely to make a gamble versus if I was looking for a starting running back. This whole uh, Trevor Lawrence project could go really, really wrong. I really Look, hope I, that's not what happens. Based on the moves that are being made, them drafting some injured players and everything, it. I my my feeling with the migraines coming back is getting oh, ever so stronger after two or three seasons. <laughs> oh, great! All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> All right, next one is uh, one of my favorite wide receivers from this class, Amon Rossi Brown. He went in the fourth round, love his landing spot. So he went to Detroit. And we all know there's literally nobody there to throw the ball to besides Hawkinson and Swift. I, I, he's more of a slot guy, but he's really good, you know. Uh, but Amon Rossi Brown, he was getting drafted, uh, you know, around the 19th, 20th pick. Now it's more like the 21st pick, 22nd pick. I personally think that's low. I'm I'm extremely high on him, especially because of his landing spot. I agree with you. Um, I kind of thought this would go up. I bet if I did uh, last month or this month, I think it'd probably be an increase. Maybe it was his combine. I don't know. He even looks good at his pro days. Like so, I, I'm not really sure what's going on there. So Chuba or St. Brown? I'm taking St. Brown. <laughs> yeah, probably St. Brown. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm let my heart. I'm let my heart get in the way. No, I'm not mad about that either. Look, they, you know, again, St. Brown. I think <laughs> I'm much more okay with taking him over Hubbard than I am. Uh, who was I talking about before? Diami Brown or, so, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I I think that there's a lot more upside with with um, St. Brown. I think you're looking at more of like Landry upside or something like that, where you have, you know a PPR slot guy uh, for fantasy who can really show out in, in a situation where there's nobody else there. Uh, I, I'm really shocked that he went so late. It sucks that that happened. He is a better player than where he got drafted, than his draft capital. He just is, you know, yeah, if, he, if he doesn't show out immediately, he's just not going to get the opportunity. That's kind of where the risk is with him now. Like with all the other receivers, you get, you know, this, uh, you get a, um, some sort of cushion, right? Uh, this draft capital gives him a cushion of, of time to kind of work it out. Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't have that. No. And I'm wondering if his brother, who got better draft capital, if I'm not mistaken, uh, really hurt his chances here because his brother was a high, high-end prospect and he was an absolute bust. Yeah. And that was something that I had to worry about too. And I know it hit my brain every time. And I wonder if the same thing happened in the NFL. It's possible. All right, the next one is uh, a huge bummer for me because analytically profiling him, uh, he's my favorite wide receiver in this class. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he went to the Ravens. His ADP has dropped about two spots. Um, you get him at 112 now instead of 110, which is fine. I'm still taking him there all day. Okay. You think it's just a probably landing spot because – I see people trying to work out target share and all other stuff, and it's not good from a historical standpoint. Like the largest pass attempt increase, I think, from year to year has been like 18%. I mean, if you do all the fancy math, like Bateman's still not really going to get that 100 target season that we all no. want from him. So, oh man, like we, I know we you are, and you hate Bateman. So, <laughs> I, I don't hate Bateman. We're just, it's not that. It's, I'm, I'm just being honest in what I see on film. Like he's, he is what he is. Like he's a big body guy who doesn't use his body the way he should. He's, he's a guy who doesn't have great hands. He's 
doesn't have great yard after the catch ability. He's, he has, you know, he positions himself well and, and can catch contested targets sometimes when he doesn't drop them. Like this, this kind of draft spot, I mean, in the first round doesn't validate my thoughts on it, but just going where he's going <laughs> is going to probably end up uh, validating my thoughts on it in the end, which, which isn't really, you know, that's, that's not me winning on, on my uh, take. Cause I, you know, if he went to the right place, maybe he pans out, but I just think here, like you're saying the targets, man, they're just not going to be there. How, how many games is he going to get over six targets? Yeah. I don't know. Not many. It's yeah. not going to be many. It's really not unless they, unless they just, unless the offense flows through Bateman all of a sudden, he's not going to get that many games over six targets and he's going to be a touchdown dependent option. And it's just not something I'm willing to spend even my one twelve on. I'd rather take a shot at it. Mac Jones. All right, next one, uh, Rondell Moore. He was going at like. Hey, whoa, 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 what about Najee? Oh, Najee. My bad, my bad. Whoa, Najee. whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, the actual next one is Najee. Uh, Najee was going about the third overall in Superflex, and now it's sixth overall in Superflex. I wonder why he dropped. I I'm, very, I'm very surprised that he dropped. Probably because third is too high for a running back in Superflex. Yeah, I agree, and – I mean, maybe people are coming around to Pittsburgh not being the best landing spot. I mean, it's a good landing spot for sure. I don't know. The, I mean, yeah, that's where he should be picked. It's probably why. It's because he should be picked around six. Like, you're picking the quarterbacks, you're picking Chase, and then Pitts you're going Najee. You got Najee, yeah. Yeah, so and then Pitts and Najee, yeah. I think it's kind of, yeah, just where it should be, so. All right, next one, Rondell Moore. Uh, <laughs> this going... is where, we, where, where your eye really wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was going uh, – basically the 112 back in march and now it's like the 204 i got him at the yeah i got him at the 202 in one of mine so um i think he probably took a little hit because he's even shorter than maybe we thought he was going to be and a little bit lighter than we thought we all knew he was short we all knew he was light but when he tested like he was really short and really light so yeah i i mean but i love his landing spot yeah, I think it's a good landing spot, but I think his landing spot is why he's taking a hit because he's in a crowded receiver room as well. It appears to be. Now, Christian Kirk is probably on the way out the door because his contract, I think, is up next year. They have no ties, really, to Andy Isabella. I mean, he'll be out of there in a year or two, probably, too. So this is going to be this, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, and then they expect Rondell Moore to take a step up here. Yeah. So And A.J. You know, Green. It, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't mention him. Uh, but <laughs> – no, I mean, obviously this year, A.J. Green will be there, but I think they expect Rondell Moore to be the future of this receiving core with DeAndre Hopkins because Kirk is gone, because Andy and Isabella really hasn't panned out. I think that's at least part of the, you know, as their, as their like main slot gadget guy, I'm not saying he's going to be like, you know, their, their top end receiver or anything like that. But um, going a little bit later is perfect for me. I mean, like you said, 202, Rondell Moore every day. I'm, I'm good with that. Like this is a great spot, I think. All right, uh, Kyle Trask fell. Uh, what, what didn't he get drafted? Did he get drafted in the third? Second? I think third. I think it was the end of the fourth. second. Either no, third. no, no, no. It was the end of the second or the end of the, the third. And I think it was the end of the second. I'll tell you right now. Um, but I think it's interesting that Kyle Trask fell. Like, where did you expect him to go that was going to boost him up? Yeah, I don't know. You you would think that he'd be kind of one of those guys like we did with Mac Jones. Second round, sixty fourth pick, last pick of the second round. Maybe Denver. But he might be the best one they got. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was gr- uh, gripping a straw here trying to find the team. So, yeah, he, he fell about five spots. Not, nothing too crazy, but 
it is what it is. Next one, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, he fell seven spots. This is just highlighting how much of him I'm going to have, honestly. Yeah. You know, he's going late second. Uh, yeah, 206. So he's dropped a bit. Um, and yeah, just like you're saying, that's another reason why I think I'm going to end up with a lot of Chuba. There's just, there's just not many guys in that spot I think you're going to find that have more upside than him or even a a floor that you're comfortable with drafting that's going to do anything for your team. Yeah. Next one, Kenny Gainwell. I think we already know <laughs> why he's fallen so far, which is good. Like, he was one of those guys that, you know, we talked to uh, some smart Debbie people like Katie, and they told us months ago, hey, stay away from Gainwell. You know, he's fool's gold. And, uh, you know, he gets picked up by Philadelphia – and then they claim Johnson off weight. And then they claim Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have zero shares of Kenny Gainwell. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I, have one, I don't have one share of him. But it, I'll, I'll, I'll take Diami over again. It, it, it was a late fourth rounder. So I was like, you know what? I'll just take the gamble. This was before they, uh, they picked up what's his name off waivers. So I'll, I'll take Diami over Gainwell too. <laughs> All right, uh, last one on the list that I have here, um, and then I'll run through these other ones, the in and outs, real quick too. But Talon Wallace fell a full round. He uh, he dropped eleven point seven uh, picks since March. Now he's going at thirty one point two. Makes sense. I mean, everybody thought he was going to get way higher draft capital. He, you know, everybody thought he was going to go to a better landing spot. And what does he do? He goes in the fourth round, and then he goes behind Bateman, who we already said is in a sure. in a pretty lousy landing spot. So I, I, you know, it's just kind of the same exact thing there. It's going to be hard for him to find the targets that he needs to be a successful fantasy option. Bottom line. All right. So these are just some <clears throat> noticeable players that are either in basically the third round of your rookie drafts now that weren't in in March and ones that are out of it that were in it in March. So the guys who are in now that weren't before, Davis Mills, Dwayne Eskridge, Eliza Mitchell, Josh Palmer, weird, Kellen Mond, <laughs> Khalil Herbert, and Nico Collins. Uh, <laughs> that Josh Palmer one, I saw Josh Palmer go in some rookie draft. I mean, I, before a lot of it, I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with these people, man? Like, just because he got picked by like the Chargers doesn't mean anything. Early, oh. yeah. He has a career, I think, uh, 88 receptions in college, something like that. Less than 100. In like three years. Yeah, that's that's just terrible. I think the notable things here are Dwayne Eskridge, he got drafted in the second round, but is like probably the most likely receiver to bust <laughs> um, from a fantasy perspective just because the receivers who he's behind and just his, his profile being as old as he is, all that stuff. Um, and the only other one for me is Davis Mills, who got drafted in the third round quarterback out of Stanford, shot, which shot him up, you know, the ADP charts here, um, which makes sense. Deshaun Watson, all that stuff. And I'm totally cool with taking Mills at the back end of a third round or something. If he's sitting there, I mean, what, again, there's not that many options there that you're going to get that are going to, that have any kind of, you know, upside or are going to do anything in your roster. So I, I'd rather take a shot on a quarterback here. Uh, just really quick with Eskridge, I'm in a, a rookie auction draft right now, and he's going for way more than I expected. He's going for like 130, which is like one of the top wide receivers. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, no. he, you know, his hype video is cool, and maybe he does end up, you know, being their slot guy. But again, it's just um, his upside is very limited yeah. in that offense. They they don't throw more than 25 times on a good day. Even if even if they threw 30 times, I don't I don't think that he's 
funneling targets well, to Dwayne Estridge. The DK and Lockett show. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, I agree. And Joe Leverett. All right, so uh, <laughs> guys that were in, guys that were in in March that are now out are Javian Hawkins was RB eleven, Jamar Jefferson, which was RB five. What were we thinking, guys? What were we thinking? Kylan Hill was RB ten, Sage Surratt was RB sixteen, and Tamorian Terry was RB thirteen. Back don't, in March. Don't, don't you bunch me in with the Jameer Jefferson people. <laughs> uh, no, um, I because I was part of the Tamori and Terry yeah, uh, yeah. cohort. Um, you know, Tamori and Terry, I, I'm really disappointed in in what happened there. I thought he could. He, I mean, I still think he should have been drafted. It's it's really crazy, but he gets picked up by the by the Seahawks as well. Yeah, it's just absolutely fucked. Like, there's nothing else to say about it. Javion Hawkins, I'm surprised that he fell off because although undrafted, I think he landed. Yeah, I mean that's why, but I think he landed in one of the best spots. We, we, I think we've already said this maybe last week, but if there's going to be a guy who breaks out that was an undrafted guy, it's it, I think it's going to be Javian Hawkins in his situation. Um, it's just a good situation. Yeah, I'm shocked Kyle, uh, Kylan Hill fell. I'm high, I'm really high on him, man. I mean, he got drafted in the seventh, so it's hard to to keep my uh, my luster up for him. But he, he, I mean, he's a really big back, and I like him a lot. But he went to Green Bay. He's behind two guys there, behind Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So. You can get him for nothing for probably free, and I probably will pick him up for free anywhere I can. Oh, yeah, no, I got him off waivers. Yeah. One interesting thing about uh, a guy that's out now is uh, Sage Surratt. He also went to Detroit. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of something to think about. Yeah, they don't have any receivers, so that's that's a good thing to point out. I mean, he'll be another guy you can get off the waivers probably, so he's worth picking up. Yeah. All right, that was fun. That was kind of cool. Uh, just kind of see where everybody went. Now let's talk about uh, something that we have all been involved in for like the last week. We had our very first listener league. We kind of threw it together real quick. We'll talk about more of the fun stuff. I think next week we're going to have Russ, uh, Mr. Outhouse himself on. Uh, He has a lot of uh, experience with listener leagues, but one thing I wanted to point out is that we have uh, members from Mexico, US, I think the UK, Canada, and Australia all in this league. That's pretty bad. It's a 12-team league. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was this was really cool that we got to put this together, man. We, uh, I, you know, the first time we we even talked about it, I, I don't think we really even gauged the interest the right way, so we didn't know. But this time we, you know, first time we put something out, I mean, we we got the league filled, you know, I think within probably an hour or two. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of crazy, season, baby. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, but it was it's really cool because we do have you know a lot of people who listen to the show. Um, so it's it's been really exciting and fun to get some new people in there. But yeah, it's really, really interesting representing, you know, you know, a, a couple of different continents trying to the keep, whole world, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to keep every, you know, this draft going. And it's it's probably one of the slower drafts most people have been a part of. I think us, we're kind of used to it based on our console wars experience and having people all over the place and, you know, UK and uh, Australia and, and maybe some from Canada in there too. But this has been wild. This has definitely been wild. I mean, there's there's definitely a lull here and there towards the end of the day for, for us on the u.s side um because i think they fall asleep on the uk yeah people and, have to sleep yeah so pick up your shit uk and also what do you mean they have to sleep they don't have to sleep <laughs> but it, it's been fun so far i mean i think we're through six rounds seven rounds uh we are through seven or we're in the middle of seven right now yeah yeah i mean there's definitely been some surprising picks and reaches we'll talk about those in a second for sure but um and maybe you know we'll talk about this stuff a lot more next week when we get on with russ but i thought it was interesting we we definitely had 
some disputes on um, potential points and, and some rule stuff in, in the initial, you know, getting this going, which was, I mean, it was really interesting to me because it was, it was really about setting um, it, it, these are, these are small things that, you know, that people definitely are passionate about. I mean, it's fantasy football. So we're all passionate about you know, the things we like, but what was the, um, what was it? It was basically rookie draft position and how we were, how we were picking, you know, the order of the rookie draft based on, you know, what was it going to be based on total points or based on potential points. And, you know, the, the only leagues I think that were all in do it based on potential points really to, to cut away at, at any, you know, legitimate like crazy tanking where you just can have a great team and sit your whole lineup because people will just do that because you know i guess people don't have any integrity but that's <laughs> really that's really what what it is to to you know kind of ward off but it also has very little downsides um a lot of the talk was it having something to do you know to do with best ball but that's you know they're just two completely different things and, and i think we ended up getting that across so but it was interesting um really interesting having those kind of you know, debates and disputes at the, at the outset of a league, but it all worked out. It was really cool. And, uh, and we got it going and everybody seems to be having a great time, which is the best part about it. I think everybody in there like is kind of shocked by the atmosphere, like that we've created in there. Right. Like the energy, it's just, it's a fun time. Like, and that's like, that's like our other league chat. So that's what we do. You know what I mean? And we're definitely introducing people to a whole new world of fantasy football here. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we got, I know a couple of guys that have never drafted on MFL before, so it's all brand new to them. Uh, some of the formats that are completely new, which is really what this pod's about and what we're all about is because we were just there three years ago trying to figure this shit out too, so. Exactly. It's fun, and, man. It's fun. Yeah, and, and any any um, any of our league members, you know, in, in DU1, Dynasty Underdog 1, any, anybody in there who needs help or anything like that, obviously, I mean, you know, reach out to us on the side if you need any help with MFL or anything like that. Like, we're, we're here for you. All right. Uh, so, so far in the draft, is there anything interesting that you guys have seen or surprised to you? Um, I'm surprised how many rookies are going early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really surprised. Like, I really thought – I figured a couple of them would go, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way it started going, I I can – I mean, I think we're far along enough in the draft and, and when this w- will be released, it's not going to matter. But, I, you know, it's pretty obvious, I think, my team. I'm – it immediately turned me to going to win now mode. I was like, Oh, everybody's, everybody's buying up the rookies. Well, all these guys that are going to be producing major numbers are falling, you know, down the board to me. So uh, that's definitely the tack that I took and, um, and I'll continue down that path uh, based on what I'm seeing. So it's, you know, that's been interesting to me. I think it's makes sense being the draft right after uh, the NFL draft, a little bit of rookie fever going on. I think, you know, I think some of the teams I've looked at some of the teams and I don't think any of them are, are like really poor teams at this point. I think some of them are a lot more, I think it's straight up like divided win now, or they are like winning playing for two years from now or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely been a different draft than I think I've been in, in a while. Yeah. And no, just my process has really just been running backs early. Yeah. You had the one Oh, Two. I had 102. Should, I traded into traded for the 103, right? Yep. Yeah. And then I also had 211. And I went CMC with 102, J- uh, Jonathan Taylor with 103. And then I forgot I auto picked Najee. So he ended up going for me at 211, which I don't hate at all. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in running backs. So I'm happy I got them. But my target at 211 was Kyle Pitts. It is tied in premium league. Wanted to. 
try to scoop up on some of that for the next couple of years, but I'll take Najee. I'm not complaining, especially with the news out tonight that the beat writers saying he should hopefully have 275 plus touches. So I would like to point out to listeners, this is a super flex league and your quarterbacks are Jared Goff and Matt Jones. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with quarterbacks next offseason. Oh my goodness. Yo, uh, I mean, this is this is leading perfectly. I mean, all right, you're right. Any anything for you before we go into into my the shocking picks of this draft? Uh, no, I just uh, my draft is going along pretty smoothly. I've made no moves at all, and uh, I've been sniped I think once, but other than that, everything's gone pretty much according to plan. I got three quarterbacks already. Uh, I got Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, and Carson Wentz, and so I can focus on all the other positions uh, while you guys scramble for I don't know what's left. <laughs> I'm doing and, just and there's fine. Plenty of wide receivers. I was going through the list right before we hopped on air, and Juju's still on there. I mean, there are some decent wide receivers left. And I'm going to scoop them up because I can while you <laughs> try to scramble for another quarterback. I actually, I only, have, I only have one quarterback right now. I have Dak Prescott, but I'm, I'm gonna. That's gonna change in in one of my next two picks because I have the 111, I think, or one. 10 or I don't know, I have something almost back to back. So, um, you have 7 11 and 802. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to grab, um, a quarterback, I think, there and probably continue down my wide receiver path because I don't, I don't think there are any running backs right now that I'd be willing to really take. So, there's a, you know, what, what everybody's done has pushed really, really top tier wide receivers down into like the seventh, eighth round, which is wild. Um, so I'm kind of excited for that and my picks are coming up. So, look out. But let's jump into some of the reaches and the uh, surprises of this draft. Uh, my first one that I saw, and this one came off the board today, was Devonta Smith at 6.07 before the likes of Mike Evans and Amari Cooper. We think Devonta Smith is ever going to be as good as Mike Evans? You hope so. You're counting on, you're obviously counting on him and Hurts just getting that connection back and him becoming the primary target there. That's Mike right. Evans is just like four years older than than Smith, like I, and like this six thousand is... yards receiving <laughs> seasons. Like no, I mean Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, they've done it. You know who they are. I mean, look, go get your guy. Uh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I I think you could have waited two rounds maybe and got him, or at least a round and gotten him. Uh, it, that was a big shocker to me. Next one for me that I noticed today when I was looking through this was Jamar Chase was the fourth wide receiver off the board number four so is he the number fourth ranked wide receiver right now in dynasty no fucking no. way here let's break wait let's break down who went before him so aj brown went 112 justin jefferson went 202 uh tyreek went 206 and then jamar went 212 jesus Still DK a rookie, Metcalf before dk metcalf <laughs> he was gonna run that 100 yard dash so you gotta you gotta wait to draft him yeah, yeah, exactly. He, they were taking your your advice, man, waiting until after, you know. Uh, no, I just thought this was crazy. Look, I know that Jamar Chase is supposed to be generational, blah, blah, blah. I, he's really good, but he, he, you know, is his upside really – his upside really isn't, in my opinion, like DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. It's more DJ Moore, more uh, – I don't know, like elite possession receiver. You know what I mean? Like – I mean, I don't know. It's just fourth receiver off the board, Jamar Chase, wild to me. Uh, but but hey, go get your guy. All right, next shocker to me, our very own Josh Goldberg. 
Hell yeah. Mac Jones at 504. And I'll explain my rationale behind that all day long. Go, so. go, go for it. I mean, I, I have, I have nothing to say. Yeah. Um, so the pick came down to either um, Mac Jones or Sam Darnold to me. There really, there really were not a lot of other options for quarterbacks at that point, especially young quarterbacks that I possibly have on my team for three, four or five years. So I was going with rookie up, uh, youth upside. I really think at some point Jones is going to take over the starting job in New England. Um, I do too. I just don't think he's going to be good. <laughs> Look, it's a gamble. Sometimes you have to make gambles. And then my other quarterback, Jared Goff, I wanted to see what Detroit could do with him. I mean, I didn't really – again, there's – it's – yes, I waited on quarterback, so my options are slim are slim picking right now. But I'll take players that have possible upside and the gamble at Mac Jones. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm actually pretty excited to find somebody who believes in Jared Goff. Um, I I look, I think that he's young enough for him to still be successful. I'm, you know, I think he's been definitely left for dead. So you, you're you're one of the few who who still believes in him. But and that was the other thing, really quick, is he's only 26 years old. I mean, so. And he's still under contract. I mean, they're, they're going to play him this year, so we'll see what he has. But, yeah, I was – I there, there's no way I would pick Mac Jones that early. There was a lot of – I think I would have just gone like a receiver, running back, whatever the hell else is there. Well, like I said, I needed to get a quarterback at some point. So yeah, No, totally. I, th- I think you could have got him a little later is all. But um, but just, you know, I, these rookies, man, wow, crazy. Uh, continue with our trend. I saw Kyle Pitts go 3.01, and then I'm looking, I'm like, did he go before any of the tight ends? Oh, he was the first tight end off the board That's in our draft. That's to me. So he wow. went before Kittle. He went before Travis Kelsey. Wallet. That is wild. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you had him slotted for your 210, right, Josh? Uh, 211. Yeah, so I think you would have had I mean, him I know, the I first tight end off the board, too. I would have been perfectly happy with that pick. That's crazy. So <laughs> here's my ra- here again, here's my rationale behind possibly taking him that early. Kelsey is on the age cliff. You're, I'm ideally going to get two years out of him before the decline happens and they start spreading the ball out more, in my opinion. And with Kittle coming back from the injury, I just I, – I would have taken the gamble on Pitts. I don't know, man. Like, I, I – especially with your team, you, so you go, you go CMC, Jonathan Taylor, and then – Najee. Najee. Najee, but, like, those are all guys who are going to produce now, right? Even the rookie Najee. So then – I would think you, if you're going to go tight end, you're going to go Kittle there. And now you have top guys at running back, top guy at tight end, and you could probably still get a top guy wide receiver the way this draft was going. So I just think that that could have it like either way you, you know, that's just. So this actually uh, segues perfectly into my 611 pick, which was Mike Gisecki. Um There you go. Reason behind him is him and Tua had a great connection last season, and I think it's the only way to build this season. I know they brought in Waddle. We have uh, Preston Williams and um, Devontae Parker. Thank you, Devontae Parker. And but just the connection between Jaseki and Tua was great. Tua likes those short, quick passes that Jaseki runs across the field. So, especially in TEP league, I'll, I Jaseki was actually my target. So, cool. So last one that I that I saw that was just fucking bonkers to me was Miles Gaskins at seven oh three before Mike Evans again. I under I you know I understand that they didn't bring anybody in, so for this year it's good. I mean, but like again, this is a thing where like, but but forget for I mean this I think people need to stop picking for what like 
this league, you only need to start one of each position. So why do you need a position? You don't. All you need are players. So mm-hmm. at some point, like you got to stop picking for position and pick best player on the board. And then if you need a position, sell Mike Evans for the running back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like go draft Mike Evans and sell him for a better running back than Mike my, than Miles Gaskins, I think. So um, I think a lot of people pick for like position and, and don't pick for value. Yeah. And again, in this league, it's a start one or seven, right? So, or one or six. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you could start two, you could start three, you could start whatever. So you could start one running back and all other receivers. You could start three receivers, three running backs, whatever you want. Um, That's, that's kind of the beauty of, of the way we set the league up. Um, And that's something that we really enjoy about, about the, you know, ultimate like flex spot uh, lineup that we have going there. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that uh, Devontae Adams fell pretty far and so did uh, Michael Thomas. Oh my goodness. So I was, yeah, I mean, I was struggling. I really wanted to pick Devonta Adams at, at one spot, but I, I just, it's really, you know, it's only a year or two away where he's not going to be able to be used anymore. And I thought there was other options there where I could get close to the production. Um, and, and if the touchdowns aren't there this year, if they just come down a little bit, I mean, it's going to change a lot for where he finishes, you know, he'll finish five, not one. So it, and it changes. So um yeah, there, there, but there was a lot of shot, a lot of shocking picks here. There's a lot of good value still. We're in round seven, eight. Um, it's, you know, a lot, a lot to go. We'll be talking about this over the next couple of weeks, but yeah, it's, it's been, been a blast, a man. Time. It really has been a great time. It's been a blast. It's, it's really cool getting to know these guys. And they, they're actually, they've been a lot of fun, man. Like we've had a lot of banter in the chat. Everybody's going back and forth and it's, it's been really killer. So, um, you know, anybody listening that that is in the league, very excited for this and keep it all up, man. Yeah. Um, really quick, I just want to touch on the two trades that I made. I think I'm the only one that's made trades so far. Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had the one two. Uh, I ended up trading my 305, 502, and 2022 first for the 1.3, which I took John from Taylor at. Man, I, I think that's a great trade personally. I was sure. I'm wondering if I would have made a diff like a different pick than you at one or three after you went running back i i mean it, it, was, it depends I'll, I'll be completely honest um it was a three it was a three-way tie that i was deciding between it was jonathan taylor josh allen or well to, to be honest with you i would have probably went josh allen or a, a quarterback there personally like i just i think that go, being able to go cmc and, and a top end quarterback around one would have been primo for the package that you got there jonathan taylor's not bad either i mean i love jonathan taylor i think he's gonna be fantastic you're not like losing on that on jonathan taylor i just you know, i mean i know we're a super flex league but so i hey, you're I'm going against the grain with quarterback side early yeah yeah you you said fuck fuck our strategy our super flex strategy <laughs> hey I'm, I'm interested to see how it works out for you I, I like it i do like this next trade you made it's our league it's a listener league so i figured why not do a different stra- strategic approach for it i mean oh sorry the third one i was deciding between was kelsey i was going to go tight end super early because tight end premium but Jonathan Taylor's youth is really what got it for me. What was the other trade you made? Um, the other trade was I gave up the 4.11 for 504 and 904. So now I have three picks within three picks within six picks in the ninth, uh, end of the eighth, early ninth. 504, I took Mac Jones. So that's a good I like trade. that trade a lot. I like that trade a lot. Uh, I remember when he said he wanted to move up in the fourth, and I was actually behind him. Uh, I was actually looking to trade back there too. Um, this is good because you gave up a second in that first trade you made, and then you were able to pick one back up, plus a ninth later on for what moving down five spots. That was, that was really good when you made that trade. I'm um, like, hell yeah, good job, bud. 
Thank you. And my the only thing that sucked was I wanted to take Baker, and Baker went like three picks before me. So, but that's again, again, that's a gamble of this. So it is what it is. Um, last thing I want to mention about this league, which I I'm really excited about. So, talk to MFL who, you know, you have to purchase your league every year or whatever. And they were generous enough because, you know, we're, we're putting this, this thing together for the community, um, you know, this, this league and trying to get new guys, new people to join. And, and, you know, because we always shout out MFL as, as the premier platform, they were, they were generous enough to um, waive the fee. So what we've done is we're going to turn that into a charitable donation, charitable to- donation, uh, you know, to a charity of the league winner's choice. Um, so we thought that was a great idea. Really excited that we were able to do that. Um, you know, just something that that obviously this community is about that everybody does. So we wanted to be part of it um, and it'll be fun. Uh, really quick. So while we were talking, we just had a pick made. I just want to get your guys feeling on it. Oh, did we? Let's go. 7.06 Leonard Fournette. No, why? I there, think that's, that's my reaction. Early. Well, like, let me just go to pre-draft to my next pick and and see what's on the board. Leonard Fournette. I mean, this is again. I think Rojo's on, on there. I no, mean, no, but it, it, stop looking at the fucking positions. Robert Woods is there. Kenny Galladay is there. Deontay Juju. Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, any number of tight ends. Um, yeah, I mean, I just you know, I, I Leonard Fournette is just kind of on the back end, so it scares me to make that pick. But you know. Uh, we're not also we're not trying to bash any of our league mates or anything we're no just, you know, i'm just giving my honest analysis this is what i would tell josh this is, i mean you heard me on this fucking pod if you're listening to this this is the stuff i tell i would tell anybody or tell uriah i mean i'm just you know this is just my honest thoughts on it um if you think i made a shit pick i'm, I'm i do make shit pick sometimes so we all do that uh so and that will be taking robert woods in two picks if he doesn't go <laughs> next pick. um what did, so did you know. did i take justin jefferson too early at 202 no no, I don't think so. Although I will say, I, I think last year is probably his ceiling, right? It probably is his ceiling, and honestly, but he did it. But he did it. Not even that. I'm not. I'm more on the value side of it. I'm wondering if I could maybe trade him for similar receiver plus. You can. You know what I mean? And yeah. and where I was there, I was like, do I want to take Tyreek Hill? He's 27 do i want to take any of the like it was just there was aj brown got taken he was exactly he was who i wanted after that i you know i didn't really want to go metcalf i've kind of fallen a little bit off of that i you know so there's it was just this wavering like this seems to be the guy with the most value and he could continue on doing what he was doing so why not just take that shot i could still sell him for uber value i don't know that that was my thought but i was just wondering if if anybody thought i took him a little high there because it felt high for me because he's so young Oh, hey, uh, Matt Ryan just got taken next in this league, and nice. I'm up. I'm on the block. As soon as we sign off here, I will be selecting Bobby Trees. Very nice. How many picks until mine? Wow. I don't know. He wears number two now, by the way. Oh, I, I know. He um <laughs> he and Jalen Ramsey switched, right? That's what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, but okay, cool. All wow. right, to wrap it up, we do have a listener question. Uh, Faithful Riley, RBCR Jennings, he asked, which side, uh, Eskridge, Pollard, a 2023 first, or Keenan Allen? And without even any hesitation whatsoever, I'm going to say Keenan Allen. Yeah, and I'm going to completely agree with you there. 
If you heard what we said about Eskridge earlier, I mean, really not high hopes for him. Pollard, throw in peace, 2022, 2023 third. You can get that back whenever the hell you want from now and then. Uh, I mean, Keenan Allen, 29 years old, he's probably going to have another top 12-ish season. I'm, I'm all on board. I'm all on board for another two years of production from him. Um, high-end production, yeah, this is, this is easy, easy smashes for me. This was really, really good stuff. Um, a lot of actionable information, and uh, hopefully, people don't think I shit on them. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to scrub this a little bit. My bad. Y'all. <laughs> hey, no, leave it, man. We told them we were going to yeah, be honest to talk about it on air. So that's true. That's true. I did tell them. This is a listener league. All right. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Make sure you give us a follow at Dynasty Underdog, at Just FF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beam DFF, and at Josh Colbert AGP. Subscribe, like, and leave us a review. You never know what you, when we might do a random raffle. So check it out. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.